I wanted to um, start tonight by um, praying for this guy, Jesse Navarro. Uh, his mother-in-law works with me, and uh, she requested prayer for him. 40 years old, and he's having some heart complications. And, uh, you know, some, sometimes, you know, people ask you to pray for, for him at church, and you'll forget about it. <laughs> but uh, I didn't forget tonight. I wrote his name down, and I want y'all to agree with me in prayer for this young man. Father God, I thank you that you are the healer. Jesus, uh, there's no distance in the spirit. We pray, we lift up uh, Jesse to you right now. He doesn't even know who we are, but uh, you, we know that uh, you do. You know who he is. And we pray tonight, Lord, that you'll heal, touch him with your healing touch. Heal his heart, Lord. Give him a brand new heart. We speak to his heart in Jesus' name. Speak to all the arteries in his body in Jesus' name. And we command them to beat with the rhythm of life. It's hard to beat with the rhythm of life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And amen. Thank you, and God bless you. You know, there's been a central theme tonight, and that is the presence of God. All through the worship, and even when Gabe was talking a while ago, talking about God's presence and how very important it is that we recognize it, that we do have uh, access to it through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And our lesson tonight, uh, I'm not going to hold you long tonight, but uh, our lesson tonight is called The Reality of Life Within the Veil. The Reality of Life Within the Veil. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to guide and lead us during this Bible study. Holy Spirit, we know that you are the revealer of truth. We pray that you would guide and lead us during this Bible study. We pray that you would reveal the reality of Jesus Christ, his life, his throne room, and our relationship to it. Glorify our master as we behold him through the teaching of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to begin in John chapter 14, and this is the Lord Jesus Christ talking right here. John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. He's talking about us. He's talking about his church. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Jesus is saying this. He's saying that um, where he is right now, his present day ministry in the Holy of Holies. That is where he's located. And he says here that the church, every person who's born again, has access to his very presence, to that throne room. Where he is, so are we right now, spiritually. The Bible says we, that we've been raised up together 
and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The reality of that and the understanding of that causes us to experience resurrection life. The very power of God. The devil has robbed the church from this reality. Because we have, we're putting off for when we die and go to heaven for the things that we can experience right now. Spiritually, right now, you and I have eternal life. Access to the very God of the universe on a moment-by-moment basis. But we have to recognize it. We have to approach it by faith through what the Word says. And so as we study tonight, allow the Holy Spirit to make it real to you. Allow the Holy Spirit to make the Father's throne room real to you because that is your portion. You and I, by the blood of Jesus, have an inheritance of the throne room of God and the very presence of God. But it comes by way of understanding and knowledge and appropriating the finished work of the cross by the blood of Jesus Christ. And having an understanding of its reality and its power. The blood of Jesus is as powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago. It's ever working in our lives if we'll only appropriate it. This is a message that the devil doesn't want you to hear. But it's too late. You're going to hear it. Amen. Let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8. Where he is, there, we, there are we also. Right now, that's our covenant promise from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The book of Hebrews, um, the writer spends seven chapters talking about the Levitical priesthood and the ministry that Israel's Levitical priests uh, performed in their uh, blood sacrifices. And he uh, sums it up here in uh, chapter 8, verse uh, 1. He says, Now the things which we have spoken, this is the sum, or this is the summary of all the previous chapters. The Bible says that we have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. That's talking about Jesus Christ, and that's talking about the throne room of God. That's talking about where he is and where he's located right now and his ministry there. The Bible says he's our high priest and he's set at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. The Bible goes on to say in verse 2, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle. Now the true tabernacle that the Bible is talking about there is the holy of holies. It's not a physical place but it's a spiritual place in heaven. And God constructed it himself. And spiritually speaking, we have access to that place if we'll only believe and if we'll only trust what the word says. Let's go to Hebrews 9 and 24. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the truth, but into heaven itself, 
now to appear in the presence of God for us. So he did these things not for himself, but for us. Why? So that we could have access to what he has. You know, the Holy Spirit's ministry is to reveal to us the things that belong to Jesus and to show us those things so that we can experience them in our spiritual lives here on the earth. That's the covenant promise that we have from God, that the Holy Spirit would take the things that belong to Jesus and show them to us so that we could experience this life in this holy place on a moment-by-moment basis. As we appropriate faith, as we understand that these things are real and that they have value in our lives, not when we get to heaven, not so much when we get to heaven, but right now. So Jesus appears in the presence of God, the Bible says, for us. Didn't do it for himself. He did it for us. So what we need to learn to do, we need to tap into that which is ours as an inheritance, the very presence of the Father. The Bible says, you know, that, that Jesus came forth out of the bosom of the Father. A lot of believers don't understand this, but, you know, we have access, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we have access to the bosom of God the Father. He is just as much our Father, Jesus, our father as, he, as He is Jesus' Father. We have to realize that. The blood of Jesus has allowed us this, this mighty access, but we have to take advantage of it. And we have to understand that when, we go, when we're in prayer... That, we, that God sees us, God's reality is he sees us in his throne room. You know, when you, when you think about it like that, prayer can never be dry. Prayer can never be boring. Because you understand that you are in the presence of the Almighty. The most powerful place in the universe, you and I have access to it. The devil, again, he's robbed us of the reality of this through tradition and religion. But as the Holy Spirit speaks to you during your prayer time and gives you the reality of what you have in Christ and who you are in Christ, it'll cause you to experience God's zenith or His best. But it only happens as we appropriate the finished work of the cross and the things that are available to us. And it comes by uh, meditation, on truth. The Holy Spirit's job is to reveal to us truth, the reality of the spirit world and our place and our, and, and our place in it. Let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. The Bible says, having therefore, brethren, boldness <laughs> to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Well, that was, what is that saying? That's saying right now that we have access to the holiest place in the universe. But the Bible says that we won't, we won't benefit from that unless we enter into it boldly. We have to understand that, that we don't have to go to God with our heads bound, afraid that God's not going to hear us, afraid that, you know, that we're, that we're misfits. But that God has allowed us through the blood of Jesus access into this holy place. So God's, God requires, the only requirement that he has in, the throne, in his throne room is boldness. He wants us to come to him in faith, believing that we are supposed to be, we have a right to be there. 
And when we do that, we have power with God. We have power over the devil, and we have power over our circumstances here on earth that are where the curse is involved. How many of y'all know we've been redeemed from the curse? But in order for us to benefit from that, we have to understand our rightful place in that throne room. And that God will answer every prayer that we pray. So it takes boldness. It takes understanding. And it takes boldness. The Bible says in verse 20, By a new and living way, which he had consecrated for us. There's that word again. For us. He did it for us. He did it for me. Through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, the Bible says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You know, I've been doing a series of teachings for the last, well, three months up there in Calvert talking about freedom from a sin consciousness. You know, a sin consciousness is, is a consciousness of uh, unrighteousness. It's us still thinking that, uh, you know, we're still under condemnation. But revelation from the Word of God causes a sin consciousness to, to we'll, we'll lose that sin consciousness. And we'll gain a righteous consciousness, which, which is what God wants us to have. And without uh, revelation concerning our freedom in Christ, we will allow a sin consciousness to keep us back out of that throne room, or we won't approach it the way God wants us to. You know, the Bible says that uh, God has given to us all things through Jesus Christ. He's freely given to us all things through Christ Jesus. But in, in order for us to receive those things, when we go into the throne room in prayer, we have to be bold and assertive in that place. Not arrogant, but just bold understanding our rights and privileges in that place. And, and that is our portion with our Father. Je- everything that, Je- that belongs to Jesus, the Bible says, belongs to us. Amen. The Bible says that we're joint heirs with Him. And e- again, everything that belongs to Him belongs to us. But a person who does not understand their privileges in the throne room will not accept those things. They'll let the devil steal from them their inheritance. So, it takes an understanding that uh, the blood of Jesus has delivered us from everything that hinders us. And that we are totally free. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. I love the book of Ephesians. Matter of fact, I want to pray the prayer in chapter 1. Because uh, I, I believe when we pray that prayer in chapter 1, the Holy Spirit gives us revelation concerning the things that we're talking about tonight. Father, I pray that you'll give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Open the eyes of our understanding so that we would know what is the hope of your calling and what the riches of the glory of your inheritance is in the saints. Father, what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe? 
according, Father, to the working of your mighty power, which, Father, you wrought in Christ when, Father, you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and, Father, every name that is named, not only, Father, in this world, but also in that which is to come. And, Father, you placed all things under his feet and gave Jesus to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. In Jesus' name, give your people revelation of this, I pray. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ. So God sees you and I quickened together or made alive with Jesus Christ. When, when God raised Jesus from the dead, he saw you being raised from the dead also. And because of that, you have access to his very life. Right now, we have access to the very life of Jesus Christ. Paul said, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave his life for me. So we can experience the very life of Jesus if we can understand the throne room and our place there. I'm going to read verse 5 again. Even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved. Now, that's very important right there. By gra- All this is by grace. We can't earn any of this. This is something that has been given to us because God loves us, simply because he loves us, and because Jesus has shed his blood. That's why we have access to this holy place, because of what Jesus has done. Now, when we understand that and get a revelation of that, that's when you get bold. That's when you approach God with, 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 with that understanding, and power is released, not because of who we are, but because of who he is and what he has done. Again, the enemy has robbed us because he's caused us to be more comfortable, and I use this term a lot. He's caused us to be more comfortable in Adam than we are in Christ. And the church has to get a revelation of who they are in Christ and their place in that throne room. Hallelujah. Verse 6. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, in the mind of God, and that's really the only mind that counts. How many of y'all know that's the only mind that counts? God's reality is the only reality that really counts. So in the mind of God, God sees you and I right now, not when you get to heaven, right now he sees you seated, hallelujah, at the very right hand of God in Christ Jesus. That's your portion. So when you go into prayer, prayer can never be dull. Prayer can never be fruitless. Because when you understand what the finished work of the cross has done, it causes that holy boldness to come. And when you pray, hallelujah, you know that he hears you even as he hears Jesus every single time. Jesus, when he walked there, he said, Father, I know that you hear me. You hear me always. Hallelujah. You can have that same boldness in that throne room. And that's your portion. Don't let the devil steal from you anymore because these things are yours, bought with the finished work of the cross, bought with the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. So as, as, as you meditate on this, It'll cause you to experience more and more power in your life, power over your circumstances. Hallelujah. It's time the church developed a power consciousness that comes through fellowship, hallelujah, with God Almighty in that throne room. 
And that, that's your portion. My God. Again, when we meet up here on Saturday mornings, right, Mike? We, my God in heaven, we, we experience the power of God in a mighty way. I mean, sometimes it's just me, him, and, and Pastor Goodluck, we, and we're off in there, and man, we just we experience the very presence of God because of the revelation that God has given us concerning that throne room, because we know that we know that we know that we know that He hears us. Hallelujah. Now, this understanding will transform your life if you'll put it to work. If you'll put it to work. Now, I want to go to Psalms 91, and we'll, we'll, we'll finish there in Psalms 91. Powerful, powerful revelation. Concerning the throne room. And the funny thing about Psalms 91 is that this, is before, this was written before the finished work of the cross. This was written before the new covenant was established. And the reality of um, what they had is less than the reality that we have. Because we are, we are under a better covenant than they experienced. But yet this man had a revelation of the, 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 the truth. He had a revelation of the finished work. He had a revelation of what was to come. And what, what we have to do as we study this, we have to understand that this is what God wants you to do in order for you to experience the benefits of the, of the, of the throne room. The throne room is there, and it's, it's sure enough, it's there, and, and you have access to it, but you won't benefit, I won't benefit from it if I don't start acting in faith Concerning those things. Now, Psalms 91, verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. I like that word dwelleth, but I, I like to use that. The, he that liveth, hallelujah, in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So the psalmist got a revelation that there was, there was a coming a time when people could actually experience the very presence of God. Hallelujah. It's talking about by the blood of Jesus, people could actually experience God's presence in the spirit realm, which is the parent realm, which is the realm that really matters. That's why the devil don't want you to have an understanding of the spirit world, because he, uh, he knows if you get an understanding of the spirit world, the natural world will have to bow its knee to, what, to the knowledge that you have. So he that dwelt in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, when you have that revelation, you'll do what verse 2 says. He says, I will say of the Lord, because I got a revelation. He says, I, I'll say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. He's my God, and him will I trust. An understanding of the throne room of God and the very presence of God and your place there will cause you to speak words of faith. You'll start saying things of the Lord that line up with the covenant. You'll stop speaking unbelief because you'll understand in the throne room, the Holy Spirit speaks to you your place in Christ and who you are in Christ and what Jesus has done for you. 
So you start saying, I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge. No matter what I'm experiencing in my life, I'll say of the Lord, he, he's my God and, and him will I trust. He's my refuge. I'll speak what the word says. I'll say what God says concerning me instead of speaking my circumstances all the time. I mean, I know circumstances are subject to change. But they'll only change as we speak the word of God to the, to the circumstance. We got to learn to speak to that mountain. Say, I'll say of the Lord, he's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God. Hallelujah. But I learned that in his presence. I learned that as I worship him. Hallelujah. As I allow him to speak to me in that holy place. In my trouble time. I don't know about you. I would have lost my mind had I not figured out that, that throne room, man. I would have lost my mind. The devil was trying to steal my mind. But I found out that in the throne room of God that I could be free from every hindrance. Every bondage, every chain has to be broken. But I find that out in the throne room by faith. Hallelujah. So it'll cause you to start speaking the word. Verse uh, 3. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. You know who the fowler is, right? That's the devil. He's the one that tries to foul things up. So the Bible says that deliverance and understanding of your deliverance comes by way of revelation from the throne room. And the Bible says from the noisome pestilence. The pestilence is disease, sickness and disease. What's that disease they got over there in Africa right now? Ebola? Yeah. There's power in the throne room to destroy that yoke. There's power in the throne room to heal every pestilence that the enemy can cook up. But we have to understand that we find that out in the throne room, in the presence of God. As we seek him, as we seek his presence, God begins to reveal to us the benefits of the covenant. And we'll begin to speak in line with what we have in Christ and who we are in Christ. We'll no longer walk around like beggars. We'll no longer walk around like hobos. But we'll understand that we're kings and priests, hallelujah, under our God. This, the psalmist goes on to say, verse 4, He shall cover you with his feathers, and on his wings shall you trust. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Well, we know the truth. What the truth is, the truth is this. The truth is the new covenant. The truth is what Jesus says concerning our inheritance and our place in him. The truth is that if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. Hallelujah. But here's the, here's the thing about the truth. And, and, and this is one thing that I've, I've tried to really, really bring home in the church up there in Calvary. The truth in itself will not set you free. The truth alone will not set you free. You got to know the truth in order for the truth to do you any good. That truth on, that, that's, in, that's in the Bible right here, it can set right there and do you no good unless you put that truth in your mouth. 
You got to yield. You got to will the, 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 the sword of the Spirit. You got to speak it out of your mouth in order for the truth to do you any good. You, but you got to know it. You got to have some understanding. The Bible says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My covenant people, folk who have access to the, the throne room of God, are being destroyed because they don't know that they have access to that, that throne room. And they let condemnation keep them out of that throne room. And that's what the devil wants. He wants us to be void of the truth. Verse 5. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day. So fear has no place in our lives when we understand the throne room. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. I know that because in the throne room, God speaks that to me. Amen. Nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasted that noonday. I like, I like verse 7. A thousand shall fall at your side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. See, everybody else may be experiencing calamity. Everybody else may be experiencing the curse. It may be all around you. A thousand at your right hand, left hand, ten, and ten thousand at your right hand. But the Bible says, because you're in covenant relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and you have access to the Holy of Holies, that it shall not come nigh you. But you have to believe it. You have to accept what God says in the holy place. Believe what he says. And then walk out of there with the word of God in your mouth, with the word of deliverance in your mouth. Hallelujah. Thousand may fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come near you. But you got to declare it. You got to say it out of your mouth. God's already spoken it. You got you to get, get an agreement with him in order for these things to benefit us. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. You'll just see other folk going through who are not in covenant relationship with God. You can pray for them and pray that God will reveal to them their need for a Savior, the Savior that you have. And the benefits that you receive through Jesus Christ, they can receive also. But uh, it won't do them any good until they come into relationship with Jesus Christ. So it's important that we recognize that. Verse 9. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. So sickness and disease, has no, we have no, no, no portion of that. That's not our portion. Healing is our portion. Verse 11. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. You know... I don't think a lot of times we're really aware of what's around us in the unseen realm. There are angels in this room right now. Y'all know that? There, I mean, no, no telling how many angels are around this, us right now in the unseen realm. In that throne room, there's angels and living creatures surrounding that throne. I, I see that in the theater of my mind when I go, go to prayer. I say, Father, I join the angels and the living creatures in your throne room today. And I worship you. See, see, right now there, there are angels. The Bible says that God will give his angels charge concerning you to keep you in all your ways. 
But again, you understand that by your time in the throne room and allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal these things to you. They shall bear you up in, the, your hand, in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon. Thou shalt trample underfoot. So the devil is under your feet. He's under my feet. We got to recognize that. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. In the throne room, in the holy place, when we meet God, is where God starts to reveal these things to us. These things become a reality. And God begins to talk about you and I there. He says, I'm going I'm to protect this one because they understand that the blood of Jesus is covering them. They've lined their conversation up with my covenant. Therefore, the word of God's going to do them good because they're speaking my word over their circumstances. Jesus said again, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith." The power of words. God says, I'll, 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 I'll bless them, I'll protect them as they speak my, my covenant words over their different circumstances. Stop talking about your bank account in a negative way. Start speaking to your bank accounts. Pull your wallet out and speak to it. Thousands for me. Thousands for the kingdom of God. Say things like that over your bank account. Don't go around talking about how bad it is. It may be bad in the natural. But remember, you're not bound or subject to the natural. Amen. In the spirit realm, the Bible says we're kings and priests. Never saw a broke king. Never saw a king, you know, that didn't have enough to cover his expenses. This is where God wants to take us. He wants us to live blessed lives, healed lives, delivered lives. He wants us to experience the very best that the kingdom has to offer. The Bible says that, that it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom if we'll only believe it. Verse 15. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. The Bible says God will show him, show you and I his deliverance in the throne room. Stand to your feet. Lord, I've I've I've, I've Taught the things that you told me to write down on paper. I believe that this is the group that you wanted to hear this word. I believe that tonight your presence has been our portion. My prayer, Lord, is that has your people received revelation, that, Lord God, they, they would be strong enough to hold on to the word. That the enemy would not be able to steal this seed. 
But, Lord God, has your word came forth in simplicity, but, Lord, they, they, they would receive it that way and that the devil wouldn't be able to steal it. So my prayer tonight for them, Father, is that you would strengthen them with might by your spirit in their inner man. That Christ would dwell in their hearts by faith. That they being rooted and grounded in love would be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. And that they would know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. They would experience throne room privileges by your grace. Now, Lord, we give you all the glory, all the praise, because you are the Lord of the throne room. It is your throne, but we share in that. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. Every manifestation of your spirit as we benefit from what you have done. In Jesus' mighty name we ask it. Amen and amen. Fruitfulness and prosperity over each and every one of you. In Jesus' name. You may be dismissed.